hit it. Okay. So is that that's it? You hit record? Is it going? Yeah, it's going. We're good. All right. That's cool. <laughs> Hello and welcome to what Max and Connor did on their podcast. Mm-hmm. This is that that you're listening to. Yeah. And we are us. Well, mm-hmm. who are you? I, um, hold on. I wrote it down. Okay. I am. Check our notes. Yeah. It, it says Connor and then there's like a scribble. It's scribbled out and it says Max next to it. Oh, that's interesting. Cause mine says Connor, but with an exclamation mark. All right. So then I think you are probably Connor. Okay. I think that's a safe assumption. Cool. Um, unless that... we're in a memento situation, maybe where I'm like setting myself up. Okay, like maybe I'm Max. Yeah, and I'm 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 stealing your identity. Yeah, and <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. What if we both had uh the specific type of short term memory loss that that dude had? That guy Pierce had a memento, <laughs> and where we both try to <laughs> like, <laughs> is this too shitty of a premise? No, no, no. It's just that I I. Did not know who you were talking about when you said that guy Pierce. Because oh. I was like, who the fuck is Pierce? You know, Pierce, that guy. And I was like, oh, I get it. It's a little twist at the end. It's fun. Yeah. Talk about, yeah, a little twist. Little, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So which one, wait, so we're both Guy Pierce. We're both Guy Pierce. And there's no Joey Pants? We, we're we we're both Guy Pierce and Joey Pants. Oh. Spoilers for Memento, I guess. I, I mean, nah, not really. Well, we haven't said. I mean, just in the future, in case we I tip it too much. Oh, yeah. So, I guess so. But also, that movie came out more than twenty years ago. So this is great because I've I've wanted to talk about this to somebody for a while, and every time I go up to someone on the street, they like run away. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I kind of hate that argument. I, I, I also, I feel weird about people tiptoeing around spoilers, but it's like, how many thousands of fucking movies have come out, and how often are you, like, able to, like, carve out time to watch a movie? So it's like, am I supposed to have seen every movie that came out more than 20 years ago? And that almost makes it worse. It's like, oh, that movie came out 80 years ago. It's like, yeah, sorry I never made time for Soylent Green, yeah. man. Like, Soylent Green is your fucking example of a movie that came out 80 years ago? No. I was I couldn't think of like a twisty movie that came out 80 years ago, yeah. so that was the oldest one that, that popped to mind. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely agree with you. Yeah. There are movies that are plenty you know 40 years old more that i have been spoiled for me in like roundabout ways yeah like um invasion of the body snatchers the philip kaufman one from the 70s oh okay So, like the most infamous image from that movie is donald sutherland uh pointing and doing that yell yeah that is like an insane twist ending, like a fucking like shocking reveal. That's the end of the movie. Dude, that is literally oh. the last thing that happens in the fucking movie. Wait, oh, it I knew the, it was a spoiler, it is but fuck, the very end of the fucking movie. Damn, and the whole movie, I'm like, when does he do the thing? Yeah, I'm like, I'm waiting for it. So then, when it happened, I was like, oh, that sucks. So yeah. I understand. That the argument, because, like, you know, there are definitely movies that, I mean, I can't think of anything right now, but, like, there's stuff that I don't, I don't want to know the details about, like, every fucking movie. Yeah. You know? Like, I accidentally spoiled Night of the Living Dead for Tanya, and I was so upset. I thought she had seen it. Right. Um, And that's, that's a, you know, that was, what, the 60s? 70s? 68. 68, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tanya Harding is really, really busy, so, you know, it's... I can understand that she hasn't made time to see Night of the Living Dead. Right, right. Know? Yeah. Although, you know, I mean, yeah. Um, so I wrote down some, like, interview questions for you. Okay. Okay. So I'm being interviewed? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> all right. Is it true that you live in a motel? No. It depends. Uh, yeah. Okay, All let's right. get into this. <laughs> what if Technically, I... <laughs> yes. Okay. I live in, like, the wrapper of the motel. So if the motel is the whole thing, 
I live inside of that, but oh. I don't live in a motel room. Okay. The That's... way I think about it is I either live in the attic of a motel uh-huh. or I live above a motel. I like to tell people that you live in the back room behind the office of a motel. Yeah, which is and isn't true. Um I think that's a that's a fun like poetic way to put it's it. It's a uh, oversimplification, I think. Yeah, because the back room is my kitchen. Yeah, that's so fair. It's part of my living space, but I don't live in my kitchen. I um I live in a. It's I guess this was like what the back in the days where like motels had like supers, and oh. there was just like always someone on site. Okay, in case you needed shit, like I live in that space. Okay, but this motel is like very much like not run yeah like, there no. is well the office has not been open in years yeah well, maybe like yeah it's been open maybe like once or twice within the past year oh boy um so when people show up like there's no one at the front desk to check them in mm-hmm. they have to go to another hotel that owns this motel <laughs> which causes confusion when i'm like going i'm like taking out my garbage and there's someone, like, peering in through the office, like, oh, shit, I see a person. Yeah. And I have to come out and be like, hey, I don't work here. I just live here. You got to, like, go up the road or call this number. Like, I can't I can't help you. And one time I got really freaked out because someone had forgotten to lock the office door. Mm. So a patron of this motel opened the office door, went into a closed office. There's a sign on the front that says we're closed. Yeah, All yeah. the lights are off. There's no one there. Mm-hmm. They saw another door that said employees only. They went through that door. And then they saw another door that said private. And they went to the, through that door. And they were in my kitchen. So I'm chilling upstairs. And I just hear someone angrily being like, hello, hello, in my living space. Right. And I come downstairs and I'm like freaked out. And I'm like, who are you? Like, what? Like, what are you doing? And they, like, won't answer my questions. They're like, where, like, where am I? I'm checking in. What? I was like, oh, okay. Like, well, you got to. Oh, but they, they didn't even let that slip first. And I should have known that they were just someone. But yeah, yeah. as far as I know, there's just, like a stranger in my house. All right. So that actually answers my next question, which was, do guests ever wander up here? That was the only time, thankfully. Okay. Because yeah. I, I was much better about locking my door after mm-hmm. that. That's fair. Yeah. Although, oh, okay. My bathroom situation is weird. Yeah, it's almost like it's because it's like shared with the the people that live in the downstairs apartment, right? No, thankfully not. Their apartment's sick. So the when I started working here, I, I worked at the motel in the hotel, which is how I got this place. Yeah, bro, hotels and motels. Yeah, hotel motel, living it up lifestyle. That yeah. Sometimes I think that like, was really good. It was. <laughs> if you're being facetious, I agree. Well, uh, I feel like I should have said night style. All right. Like so, a like in shining armor. No, like like nightlife. Like oh! let's go to the hotel motel. Let's go to the bar. Let's let's rent a room by the hour. Night style. Oh. Okay. Maybe I'm making it worse. I mean, <laughs> I would just. I guess I'm just more confused now. Yeah. I think everybody is. That's the thing. I'm right, pretty good. sure, like, the synapses in my brain, mm-hmm. like, if you think about, like, a circuit board, yeah. certain shit burned out. Oh. And it, the electricity is trying to find a path. Okay. And that took it through lifestyle. Of the rich and... Oh, lifestyle. Oh, okay. Oh. Maybe that wasn't... I didn't see. Hmm. I don't even... Yeah. Yeah. We're all slowly dying. It's oh. just something we have to come to grips with. Yeah. I think and, about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Just in our situation, it's documented. Mm-hmm. Which, if we want, we can keep talking about the, the bathroom, but we can also transition into ghosts, <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, Do yeah. you want to Let's talk about ghosts. We'll leave the bathroom a mystery. Uh-huh. Maybe you, that'll be episode two, we'll reveal that. It's a cool bathroom. Yeah. Uh, mm, it doesn't uh, lock. Yeah, no, and it's, it's, I've, I haven't used it, because it's strange. Yeah, it's strange. And that's what we're going to say about it. But thankfully, it's not sure my downstairs neighbors. That was just a basement when I got here. And then they, like, built a whole apartment for them. Oh. So they've got, like, a, a fancy new bathroom and all that stuff. That's cool. Yeah. But uh, ghosts. Yeah. Are they real? I say yes. I say yes? <laughs> kind of? You sound skeptical oh i am i am skeptical mm. i am a which is strange because i definitely was like not a skeptical kid growing up well, yeah but you, your parents also like ha- you were pretty religious when you were like a little kid right 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's weird. We like we were and we weren't. So we didn't go to church like every Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's like every once in a while, my parents would be like, "Oh, right, we're Catholic. We gotta go do some Catholic shit." You have to go apologize for not going. Yeah, you, you that I I feel like there that was part of my confession. Whenever I would go to confession, I'd be like, "Um," because they start. How familiar are you with confession? Um. I know that you go into the booth and um, you talk through, like... The screen? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a wicker window. Yeah. That's, Which is that's always, what I know. It's always weird because I feel like it's supposed to help you, like, uh, you know, be more open. Yeah. Because it's, like, kind of anonymous. But there are, at least in my uh, parish, there were only, like, three priests. <laughs> So, like, you knew who it was. Well, yeah. And but I guess you don't have to, like, look him in the eye. Is, isn't, like, I always kind of assumed that, like, the priest just knows who they're talking to. Yeah, they and, do. So then, oh, whatever. But, you, yeah, you go in you go in this booth, uh-huh. and I'm pretty sure you have to say a prayer. Like, you start off with a prayer. I think you start with the act of contrition. You either start or end with, I'm a bad Catholic. That's fine. But it's funny because, from what I remember, like, it's a longer prayer, and I never super got that one down. Like, I was better at memorizing the other prayers. So it was like a little laminated card in, like, a little pocket that you can, like, pull out. To, like, remind you of the prayer. Yeah, so you can just read off the card. Oh, that's... So they kind of make it foolproof. Yeah. They're like, look, just come into this booth. We wrote the prayer down for you. Say your stuff into this wicker window. And you don't go to hell. Yeah. And they give you... You get... You get uh prayer homework it's called your penance oh so you say you come and you say the prayer and then you have to say how long it's been since your last confession and as a kid i was always like i don't fuck i don't know yeah i really it's been a while can't you just blame that on your parents when you're a little kid though i guess i could but as a kid i I, it felt like it was my fault i feel like a large part of catholicism is guilt i hear that a lot from everybody who has at one time in their life practiced Catholicism. Yeah. Um, I feel very fortunate in not being in that position. But I think um regardless, guilt is is a very like human kind of feeling, especially totally. I think maybe for people our age, because we came of age at such like a strange time where like we learned a lot of things and were like this is what's right and then like at like a young enough age for it to still sink in but not that young we found out that a lot of what we were taught was right was not right yeah so it's a lot of like you know unlearning um and you know I think a lot of where it's def it's like people who are conscious of unlearning uh things that you know like problematic behaviors that we were taught when we were younger are prone to feeling guilty about you know things that they may have said or done or thought in the past you know yeah, just totally. like in general right and it's it's such a hard balance because you want to unlearn and be mindful of your actions and the effect that they had on others mm-hmm. but also like not be weighed down by the guilt of past actions well yeah instead move forward and grow um and i think it's interesting like that you talk about us growing up and unlearning stuff because i feel like especially with what's going on in the world now it's really interesting to look back at the american history that we're taught mm. because so much of it is like the key moments are like you know, the revolution, the civil war, the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the abolishment of slavery. Yeah. And it's all like the great American triumphs mm. are all us undoing shit that we as America did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, we abolished slavery, uh-huh. but we also practiced slavery oh, for hundreds of years. Yeah. Like, that was us. That was, uh, eh. The civil rights movement, Mm -hmm. yeah, we fought for civil rights because we were fighting against, like, the American establishment Uh of segregation. Yeah. 
So it's everything that makes America like great is yeah. us like unlearning America yeah. and fixing it. That's true. So like that's very true. Oh shit! They kind of like they focus on the good stuff. Like yeah, we we fixed all these bad things, but it's yeah. like wait, we caused all those bad things though. Oh yeah, that was um, us. <laughs> well, let's talk about movies though. Oh, I like. We're those. talking about movies. Mm, yeah, sure. Went down a Catholicism hole. Was there, were we leading something up to that? Because I always hate in podcasts when, you know, as yeah. the podcaster, mm. it's easier for us to follow the train of thought and, mm-hmm. like, leave stuff behind. But as the listener, you're like, wait, no, you were talking about that thing. Finish your thought. Well, as somebody who, I have, I have two, I feel one way about this, and uh-huh. there are two things that I have to say about that. One, two, buckle my shoe. Okay, so the first thing is that as somebody who has listened to podcasts and has been like, no, wait, what about that one thing and never gotten it? Yeah. I say, tough luck. Okay. <laughs> um, And then also, I do not remember right. what we were talking about before that. So it's lost to time. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll, we'll listen to this episode again, and if it's worth bringing back up i'm sure mm. we'll talk about catholicism again i, love, I was an officer well, yeah. for so many years there's some shit to get into oh, there boy. oh no i don't mean okay everything's fine yeah all right <laughs> i want to let that let's let's put that on the record that everything's fine <laughs> you don't gotta worry it's, yeah okay um yeah but okay do you want to talk about nightmare on elm street sure cool did you just see it for the first time recently no oh okay. i just saw it again recently okay um the first one mm. And I think it's interesting because it really made me think about, like, the different types of moviegoers. Um, because I went with a friend and their girlfriend, and we went to the drive-in. Uh-huh. And I don't think either of them had seen it before. Um, and my friend's girlfriend had never been to a drive-in before. Okay. And so we're chilling at the drive-in, and I feel like everyone has their own, like, In tolerance. your old man's car. In what? What? Oh, is that a song? I've, yeah. What song is it? It's uh, that uh, talk dirty to me by Poison. Oh yeah, uh, I would start singing it because it's a don't. very singable song, even though it's uh, gross and and we'll get copyright striked and shit. Oh yeah, so yeah. that is a thing that happens. We got We got to watch that. That's fine. I don't mind not singing Poison. Yeah, not gonna lie. That is. Oh, I'm getting distracted. Okay, we can <laughs> we can circle back to that, or yeah. maybe not. But. So, so we're we're watching Nightmare on Elm Street, and I think it's so interesting how like people have different tolerances for like what is and isn't acceptable in a movie environment. Yeah, and drive-ins are really weird because it's like halfway between you going to the theater and you being in your living room because mm. you're kind mm-hmm. of like in your own like little bubble thing. Um, but still, like I want to engage with the movie mostly and focus on the movie. Yeah, although I am definitely more inclined to like crack wise and shit at. A drive-in movie, especially if it's one I've seen before. Sure. But I, my tolerance, my patience was really waning seeing it with my friends mm. because they were reacting to, like, every little thing as if it was, like, a crazy goof. Um, so, like, oh, my God, can you believe, like, the mom is acting this way? And, mm. oh, they're, the dad really isn't going to, like, listen to her. Like, she, she's not going to listen to Nancy or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And did I say a character's name wrong? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm just, like, I, I think I know, like, I know Where I'm going. You're... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I feel like the more movies you watch, you end up watching, like, a lot of shitty movies. Oh, yeah. Especially shitty horror movies. Mm-hmm. So and ones you... that, even if they're not shitty, just are formulaic. Yeah. In, like, a very, very, like, specific way. Yeah, formulaic, generic, not really interested in, like, there's a lot of plot contrivances and shit. But for me, Nightmare on Elm Street is, like, a top-tier horror movie. Oh, it's fantastic, yeah. And compared to some other things I've watched, I thought all, like, the criticisms that were being lobbed at it were mm. very, uh... It was, like, very nitpicky. And, like... That movie, especially compared to other entries, is, like, pretty grounded. It's definitely the one... Cause, so I just rewatched one through five oh, okay. over the last, like, few weeks. Yeah. Because uh, I'm gearing up to watch Freddy's Dead for the first time. Is um, that the sixth one? The what? Is Freddy's Dead the sixth one? 
that yeah i thought you asked if that was the sex one and i was yeah. like no that's five and then i realized that there is a sex one i guess <laughs> which one is the sex it's one? it's the dream child oh okay because characters fuck in it oh shit yeah He's dude fuck um i we should not talk about that oh because it's oh no it not it doesn't happen in any of the movies right. luckily but yeah his his character is not a good guy no 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 although there is something i want to fucking talk about okay i watched five of these movies and so where oh just before i we forget about that mm. the first one absolutely is the one that it takes itself the most seriously yeah um and that tone works really well for that movie and, and I think it's part of what makes the nightmares in that movie so scary. Well, they're so simple, and they yeah. work, that's why they work so well. The Johnny Depp scene is terrifying because it is just so, like, there. It, the simplicity of, like, you're literally lying in bed, and just, like, you are pulled into an abyss of nothing and fucking eviscerated. Yeah. Or, dude, like... Freddy leaning through the wall yeah. above Nancy's bed is such a simple effect is one of like the most iconic images in like modern horror, yeah. you know? And the one that really gets me is when she, uh, Nancy's the main character, right? Yeah. Uh, when she's Heather Langenkamp. Heather Langenkamp. 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 Very talented actress. That's what I wanted to mention before when I said sixth wrong is uh, <laughs> I like to blame it on my... I went to speech therapy as a kid. Okay. I had troubles with my S's and my TH. And if you throw an IX in the middle of that, I, I can't fucking do it. Ooh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much for me. Well, to be fair, I think it was more that I misheard you, but regardless. I, I, I caught it when I if said you, it. If I was you like, want yeah. to, we can blame you, your childhood speech therapist. Okay, cool. Right. Well, no, that's the thing. My speech therapist helped me a lot. Oh, okay. But some, so then. something about... I actually went to preschool... For uh, deaf children, because we spoke similarly. What really? Yeah. When when I was three, I went to a preschool for uh, children who were deaf and hard of hearing. Or oh, some of them were. Um, some of them weren't deaf, but their parents were. Oh, okay. so like they would hear their parents speak, and like that's how they oh, you know I, learn to speak. Sure, I got you. So we so were all like, like in the pronunciation therapy. of those words. Okay, I understand. So I'm not, but I was definitely like, I don't know what my deal was. Yeah. (laughs) But I couldn't talk right. Maybe we'll get your mom on the show sometime and we can ask her to explain all the problems that you had during your childhood. My head was too big. Oh, <laughs> my head was too uh, big. All right. That was you said pro- that very confidently. <laughs> That's like definitely one that you know about. Oh, yeah. You, my have mom. Not, you have not repressed that, apparently. Uh-uh. My mom tells me about that a lot. She's like, your labor was horrible because oh. you got stuck. Oh, and no. And my theory is that I lost some oxygen while Maybe I was in there. It's possible. Maybe that's but, why you can't see out of that one eye. Oh, shit, maybe, yeah. I do have a droopy eye, kind of. Yeah, well... But, I mean, a lot of people... None of us... Unless we're in Hollyweird. Well, yeah. We don't have symmetrical faces. Well, no, but, like, you... Like, your vision is more impaired in one eye than it's... Like, I like looking yeah. at you, I can't tell, like, which eye is the one that is, is weak, but, like, because I've known you for 15 fucking years... Yeah. I know that you have, like, one eye is a shitty eye. And if you watch me read, you'll see one eye is, like, going for it, and the other... I can't keep up like it doesn't go along <laughs> and you still read so much more than I do I I, I it's because I get into bursts mm. you know mm-hmm. and it's against my health like I'll stay up to like six in the morning so it's like a dedicated reading time of like midnight to six okay uh, so I'm, and that's how I, I am blow through sl- shit. asleep during that time exactly yeah I go like the latest I have stayed up recently um, it was probably like 1130. Okay, yeah. I go to bed pretty early. That's pretty sick. I Honestly, wish I it's had It's not a, bad. Yeah. Because, like, I wake up super early, too, so, like, I still have time to do shit. Because, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a morning person. I really don't mind waking up early. Yeah. Um, aside from the fact that it just kind of happens naturally anyways. But, like, you know, I can, like, 
feel like a person like ready to do shit um by like seven o'clock in the morning right you know? which is when i'm going to bed <laughs> and then i wake up and i feel like death and i ask myself why 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 do i do this to my body you know what man we can talk about determinism if you want about what do you know about determinism i don't think so so determinism is what were a, we saying about yeah we nightmare should probably circle back to nightmare on elm street i um, just what were we saying about it we were talking about a uh, suspension of disbelief and how like your where you're coming from as a movie viewer your experience leads into how you like engage with a film so for people like us mm. we might engage with nightmare on elm street on a more serious level because we know like it can be goofier. Yeah. And it can be, like, even less, like, it It all fits together mm-hmm. in a less perfect way. So we might give, like, something like Nightmare on Elm Street a little bit more leeway as opposed to, like, a really, like, deep, D-tier horror mm. film. Right. But if you are watching a movie with someone who's maybe more used to, like, modern films... Not so much kind of like goofy eighty stuff. Yeah, it might appear a little sillier, and you might feel the need to like comment on it more. Uh huh. So, well, I feel it's important to note that uh, the particular friend that we're talking about now um, had also said after seeing Joker that they'd never seen anything like that before, and they yeah. just watched Taxi Driver like a week before they saw Joker. Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like that's important context. But it is, it's, and it's ironic because mm. like he wasn't even like he was totally. I don't even remember him saying too much during the movie. It was mostly his girlfriend who like, mm. and it was all in the spirit of good fun. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't have patience for it, especially because the only other times I've seen those films are at Hudson Horror. Yeah, which is so fucking rampant with that kind of like. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, my absolutely. god! There was a person who I think it was Nightmare on Elm Street two. They like, they had like a like they vocalized every time there was like a a cut. So my buddy and I called them the splice counter because oh, they kept boy. like I don't know they had a weird reaction to edits like just every time every fucking time oh every time the camera cut they're like oh yeah and I'm like what are you doing and I feel like sometimes people just want to feel like above something yeah especially in terms of like creative work like they want to feel like they're smarter than the movie yeah well, and they that want ha- people to know i think that happens a lot with um just repertory screenings in general yeah um and i think that kind of ties into why like the reaction to nightmare on elm street was what it was yeah you know and like when so we saw um, she dies tomorrow at the drive-in. Oh right, yeah. Um, when well, several weeks ago at this point, it comes out on VOD this Friday, I think August seventh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I um, even you know, it's the and like I don't know what it would and I want to. I guess I want to preface this by saying that it's a fantastic movie. Um, yeah. and that you should definitely rent it on VOD or if it's mm, if it's playing at a drive-in near you and it's playing late enough where it's going to be like dark out then yeah because it's like if it's not like if you're watching it at dusk on a drive-in screen you're not really going to be able to see a lot of that movie um there's just you know right and it's also the kind of thing where um one of our friends i don't know if we want to name them because we probably want to have them on the podcast at some point yeah um but they had just watched, I, I'm going to fuck up the pronunciation, uh, The Curse. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so, no, Norai The Curse. Norai The Curse, yeah. Yeah, I it, don't know if I'm pronouncing it right either, but just so people know what we're talking about. Yeah. And they can be like, those fucking idiots. <laughs> Here, Here's your opportunity to feel superior, audience. Oh, we don't know how to say the as, name of that wonderful movie. As if we haven't been giving you that um, <laughs> since the you hit play. Yeah. You're welcome. So our friend had watched that and they they tweeted something to the effect of like, oh, I used to I used to think I didn't like watching movies. It turns out I just prefer watching movies alone. Mm -hmm. So in terms of She Dies Tomorrow, I can totally see how that would be a better thing to watch on demand on your couch. Yeah. Especially because like, you know, I feel like that probably supports 
Amy Simitz more. Is, am I saying that right? Y- yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm Pronunciation <crushing> <laughs> perfecto. Yeah. Because I definitely want to give her a lot of credit. I still have to... We can put me on blast right now for this. I still have not seen Sun Don't Shine. Oh, it's been over six years at this point. Of me berating you? Yeah, justifiably. It, it, oh, it is because it, it, Sun Don't Shine is one of my top five favorite movies ever. Of, and it's, out of all of the movies I've ever seen in my entire life. At this point, as a Catholic, I consider it a mortal sin that I have not, like, just made the... Because it's so short. It's super short, yeah. And, and I love She Dies Tomorrow. It just went up on the Criterion channel. Well, let your love for She Dies Tomorrow... Um, Carry you know, me through. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let it be the push you need to finally watch and experience Sun Don't Shine. Um, but, so, when we saw She Dies Tomorrow at the drive-in... There were, you know, people in the car next to us who yeah. were very much treating it like they were in their living room. You uh-huh. know, they yeah. were making comments about things happening in the movie, basically making like just not trying to engage with the movie at all. Right. And, you know, I don't think that She Dies Tomorrow is like the most accessible movie in the world in terms of like wide audiences. Yeah. So I can understand that people might be watching it and be like, what the fuck is going on? Um but it's still, it's like, why, what, a, and like, they were sitting with like their, you know, outside of their car pretty much, or like with the windows open or something. Right. So there's just, I think there's just something, there's something about, and like, not to say that people don't do this in like, you know, indoor theaters as yeah. well, but there is something about just being in those little, like, bubbles that it's like your own little private box seat exactly but the problem is you can't really have your ac running Mm -mm. it's the summertime so you crack the windows yeah but that means your voice carries so it becomes like a different conversation about like politeness yeah and what's like expected of you Mm -hmm. and it's so loose there that i can't even like be super mad that they're being disrespectful because it is like a little bit more of like a loose hangout environment yeah and one of the issues with that particular night was it was a free screening Mm. so we live in a time i don't know if we want to talk about too much so this is a little bit more timeless we live in a time where people are like really uh you know really want to have some sort of outdoor social activity yeah so if there's like a free movie night at the Mm drive-in they're definitely going to like take advantage of that opportunity yes the problem being is that they were both like more thoughtful art house type of films, independent cinema oh, yeah. that require you to engage with them on their level. Whereas the rest of the summer lineup is like, you know, Indiana Jones yeah, or Jaws exactly. or like summer block. Like they're doing like back to the future or yeah. they do what you went to see was, was uh, what double feature of gremlins and nightmare on Elm street. Yeah. Right. And then they're like, Oh yeah. And so here is a free screening of Shirley and she dies tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like, which to us sounds like heaven. Yeah. And it was. Except for the fact that, like, you know, sometimes someone turns on their car and you can see, like, their headlights on the fucking screen. Yep. While you're trying to watch Elizabeth Moss. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, God damn it. Like, so that's why she dies tomorrow. Probably a better VOD wreck. So you can be in your house. It's Mm -hmm. just you and the movie. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'd Uh, say. This Friday, August 7th. See it any way you can because it's fantastic. But, um,. I think I was just, aside from wanting to shoehorn uh, She Dies Tomorrow into the conversation, uh, yeah. just because I've been, I pretty much thought about that movie every day since we saw it. Right. But, um, you know, yeah, I, oh, I just lost it. Where'd I go? I disappeared. <laughs> well, we could say, I don't even think it's so much shoehorning, you know, we're talking about the drive-in, we're talking about right. uh, audience Exa- sure, experience sure, and sure. how engagement and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, and she does tomorrow, this Friday, August 7th, go rent it. Yeah. We're not sponsored by it. We're not sponsored we by it, but really we're big fans. Support, yeah, big fans. Mad love to Amy Simons. Hell yeah. Go watch her movies. They're great. I haven't seen Sun Don't Shine, but I'm going to. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's so good. You've seen a lot of things that she's acted in. Yeah, that's true. And you might know her from Alien Covenant. Oh, I forget that she's in that. Right? Um, yeah. Or 
You're Next. You're Next. She's wonderful in You're Next. Uh, she's in Ty West's The Sacrament, and she was uh, in the remake of Pet Cemetery. Yeah. She's oh, one- shit, I forgot yeah. about Pet Cemetery. It's. I've been wanting to rewatch that. Me too, yeah. Because I, I really liked it. I didn't think it was, like, great. Right. I mean, I... So, it's so... Oh, man. It's so hard to talk about Stephen King adaptations, like... Let's get into it. Oh, it was just because <laughs> you... There is a spectrum. Yeah. We have oh, both man. seen quite a few uh, Stephen King adaptations and me so it's a good thing that this is only part of the episode because there is an entire podcast dedicated to stephen king adaptations True. that is currently on but, but much love to the king cast yeah. shout out to the king cast if you think we're not gonna go deep and talk at length about stephen king and adaptations oh y'all are sorely mistaken oh yeah but there, you know there's, <laughs> there's there's also people dedicated to that in a much more uh, hardcore way than we are. Yeah, so if you listen to us talking about Stephen King and you're like I wish that there was more uh to this with b- with guests. There are other podcasts for that. Yeah. So just so you know, um but don't, what we don't can complain offer to us is we can offer insight into the dark tower that won't require you to have read 14 fucking books. Oh, yeah. I feel like yeah. I have a pretty... On, for somebody who's never read any of the Dark Tower books, I have a pretty good f- handle on them just from you telling me about yeah. the events of these books. Because they're very... It's 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 a wacky series, and it's hard not to talk about. Mm. But it's also like impossible to get people into. And I'm I'm also I'm definitely the kind of person where you can spoil the shit out of something for me because, like you and Sun Don't Shine, I just put things off, and like they almost become like. Like, like fucking weights on my ankles. Yeah. Where it's like, ugh, I have to watch that thing. And it becomes a have to instead of like, well, this was recommended to me. Right. Um, Which is an interesting psychological thing. Yeah. Where, because like, I feel like that's a universal thing mm-hmm. of like, especially with like when Game of Thrones was on, it's impossible to get someone else to watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. Because it's a really hard barrier to entry. It's like a fantasy setting, which a medieval fantasy setting, which a lot of people aren't into. Obviously, there's like people who are like all about that shit, but I feel like more so it's not a super mainstream genre necessarily. And even it became Game of Thrones made it one. Absolutely, yeah. Game of Thrones was like what Akira did to anime. Game of Thrones did for medieval fantasy, right? And that's like even more so than what Lord of the Rings did, which oh, yeah. is even so like you know. I mean, and I guess oh maybe not. I was going to say Lord of the Rings is more fantastical than Game of Thrones, but I've only ever seen the first episode of Game of Thrones, so I don't fucking know what happens in that show. Yeah, I, I guess I guess uh, Lord of the Rings is more fantastical. There I feel like Lord of the Rings, giant well, I don't know. trees. They're kind of giant talking trees. Yes. Yeah. Are there giant talking trees in Game of Thrones? Not that I remember. There's a dude who's like in a tree that talks, and he's a raven, and he's played by Max so wait, von Sydow. No, this is a this is. Hold on a second. So wait, this is a <laughs> man or a bird? No, I do have you have my interest in this one moment. So he's. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched Game of Thrones. Okay, but from he, what is I he remember, like an anamorph? Kinda, yeah. Okay. Actually, that's a really good way to put it. Oh, perfect. Max von Sydow plays an anamorph All right. on Game of Thrones. So that's if if the whole show starred Max von Sydow and was about him being an anamorph, I'd watch the shit out of that. It's you know what? I wish they introduced him like they introduced Sega games. They're like, sit out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, me too. Just like in the credits of every movie <laughs> that he's in. Like, every time his name comes on screen, mm-hmm. you hear someone say, sit out. Oh, it's like the fucking silent opening credits of the Virgin Spring or something, except for <laughs> when his fucking name comes up. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, where, what were we talking about? Oh, boy, this is going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, this is our, um. Son of a bitch. <laughs> we were talking about, uh, 
you got to work. We got to work backwards from Game of Thrones and oh. the bird in the tree. Uh, Lord oh, of the Rings fantasy. No, it was um, have so like it's recommendations feeling oh, yeah, like that psychological. Yeah, you need to watch this. Exactly, bro. watch or, this. Or shit. Oh my like god. An, it's amazing. I think it's more specifically like a recommendation that you didn't necessarily ask for. Yeah. Regardless yeah. Mm-hmm. of it's like, you know, like we know each other's tastes very well. Yeah. So when we recommend things to each other, it's because it's like, all right, I feel like you would really enjoy this. Right. But regardless of that, it's still like, all right, so I had this whole list of things that I wanted to watch. I was planning on watching, you know, this or that or the other thing. It's almost like somebody like let's say a coworker comes into work and like hands you a fucking dvd uh-huh. and is like you have to watch this you didn't ask for it and it's not something that you're interested in watching so it just and it just sits and i wonder if part of that is like one's inherent desire to have like agency over that their life mm. because you could view it as like it feels like your agency is being taken away because you have this watch list and like these are things that I choose to watch. Sure. But if someone recommends it to you, it's like they're adding to your watch list and maybe like some subconscious part of you like wants to have more control over what you choose to view. Yeah. And then when they hand you a DVD, there's like that obligation of like, oh shit, now I got to watch this sooner rather than later and get it back to this person Yeah, because this is their property. I usually tell people that I probably am not going to get it yet to it for a while. Yeah. Uh, if that is the situation in which I end up with the movie, um, and I'm personally comfortable with, like, letting those movies, like, live at people's places. Like, I gave my very good friends uh, Blu-ray of Paddington 2 for a while, mm. and it might have been over a year that they had it, and, mm. I f- like, it gets to the point where, like, I forget who has what. Yeah. So I'm like, I could have sworn I had Paddington 2, but I'm totally cool with, like, people holding on to it, because I know one day, there will be that day it's like, fuck it, let's watch Paddington 2. Right. And it'll be, like, on their terms, which will be a better experience for them oh, than me being like, watch this this weekend and mm. give it to me on Monday. Yeah. Well, that's always the better way to do it. That's how I've always felt about, like, you know, let's say you don't like a band when you first hear them, mm-hmm. you know, or like it takes a while to get into a TV show. Um, like 100 Gex or Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's right, yeah. favorite band. More spe- uh, yeah, exactly. Or it's like with Trailer Park Boys, I started that oh, yeah. show several times before... I, like, got into it. Right. So there's, like, a moment where I feel like you just, you come to, you come to artwork when you're supposed to. Right. You know? So it's, like, if you heard something that you love now, like, in the past, and you didn't love it then, it's just because you weren't supposed to hear it yet. Right. And that, that can bring us to, I think, I can't remember if we touched on this in this episode. Mm-hmm. Or the uh, the warm up we recorded, yeah. But I'm, I floated determinism. You, it was only a few minutes ago, and oh, then okay. we got, I think we got Great. distracted, or yeah. we were trying to undistract another topic. Right. It's it's a uh, man. I and this is going to be a problem because now I'm going to go on another tangent before I get to determinism. Okay. Uh, growing up, we got I think it was like Christmas 1998 or something. Mm. Uh, we got a computer. Okay. My folks got a computer. I think it was Windows 98. And I remember staying up late and sending an email. And the concept of email was like fucking mind blowing to me (laughs) that you Uh could like electronically send a letter to like another person. Yeah. Through like this fucking cable. And my sister and I watched the email go. And I remember it took a half hour to send that email. Like, and there was a progress bar for mm. the email. Oh, boy. And it was fucking, like, the most riveting shit ever. Because mm. I was like, oh, my God. In, like, a half hour, this will, like, someone could read this. It doesn't have to go through the fucking mail. That's who, crazy. Who were you emailing? I don't know. I got, that's the question for when we had my mom on the podcast. Like, yeah. who the fuck do we email in 1998 when I was, like, six? Yeah. <laughs> Who would I possibly, and what did I write? But there was a Windows 98 came with like this puzzle pack thing. Okay. That I recently downloaded. And it's fucking insane because they're like, I've never seen puzzles like this. They're really weird. Okay. And one of them is called like Fringer. And the background is like, it's like a nautical themed puzzle game. Okay. Where you're on a boat 
and there are like a bunch of different lengths of rope, and you have to strategically untwist knots. Oh, and there's certain things that like your cursor can't get to, so you have to like certain ropes that you untwist have sparkles, and that gives you ability to jump up a space and untwist the, like the special knots. <laughs> That okay. is what this podcast is. <laughs> is <laughs> it, is untwisting knots? Yeah. So the strands of rope are discussion topics. Okay. And we're just trying to go back through and make sure everything's untwisted. Yeah. We're going to do a really bad job at that. Yeah. Much like Fringer, like, we can't quite get it. Yeah. There's always, like, you use up a sparkle at a wrong time, and mm-hmm. you're like, well, I fucking lost. Yeah. Exactly. And in describing determinism, great. I almost <laughs> lost it. So it's this philosophy that I've been talking to about with my brother, mm. and it's basically like everything is viewed in almost like binary terms okay. of cause and effect, where there was the Big Bang, and everything after that is a natural physical outcome of that event. So okay, it's kind of like, and I think it's interesting because it's similar to like predestination in mm. religious terms, but I feel like it's like a little bit different. Where you could say, um, oh, well, I woke up this morning and I, ch- I chose this shirt, right? So I have free will. I'm an okay. autonomous Shh. human being. But there are so many factors that are going on that are, like, influencing your decision of that. And if our brains really are just, like, meat computers, like, responding to, like, biochemistry and shit, you could say, if you look at it at a grand enough scale, everything is going to occur the way it occurs, so I think that could also apply to, like, you get to the movie when you get to it. Yeah. There are these factors of, like, this person's recommending it with me. Maybe I feel subconsciously that's taking away my agency and I want to get to what I want to get to first. Mm-hmm. Or maybe something about the movie, like Game of Thrones, I'd be predisposed to that kind of, like, environment. Especially hearing, like, hundreds of thousands of people being like, dude, check out this fucking show. This show fucking rips. Mm. So I feel like that kind of ties into the... You know, everything is kind of like almost on a set path. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Time is, um, what do they call it? A flat circle. Uh, a disc. Oh, sure. That. Yeah. I was thinking about that in terms of the, uh, our podcast name, what Max and Condor did on their podcast. Yeah. Is like, it works even though this is the first episode. Mm. You know, if you view time on like a fourth or fifth dimensional scale. Sure. It's always what we did on our podcast. Because we've always been doing this on our podcast. Yeah, And exactly. we always will be doing this on our podcast. Yeah. Um, and I guess with that, that's the first episode of what Max and Connor did on their podcast. Abs- absolutely. Uh, you're welcome. Thank mm. you for joining us. If you made it through the whole thing, then you should let us know, because <laughs> we'd be impressed. If you If you made it through the whole thing, you're like one of our friends, possibly named Aaron. <laughs> so hi <laughs> thank you uh, for listening mm-hmm. We're, we want to have you on to talk about movies yes um that's directed at aaron and then also i guess the world at large sure yeah Why open not? door invitation yeah. for the world at large everybody to come and talk about just movies. come on <laughs> if you know how to get to connor's apartment Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Come on in and talk to us about movies. But It, it only- is unfortunately easy to get in here. <laughs> it's something I think about a lot. Well, that's why when you said earlier about how you're better about locking your door now uh-huh. after the guy wandered in, yeah. I didn't even think that the door was unlocked because it's just a shitty door. Oh, it's like super easy to, it's unfortunately easy to break into because I've locked myself out. And, like, getting into it, I'm like, oh, this sh- that's too easy. Yeah. This is a problem. Right. But, thankfully, where I'm set up is, like, I have a pretty good line of sight for anyone coming up the stairs. Yeah. So, in my head, I've played out scenarios where I drop a large <laughs> object on their head, like a like a classic like bowling ball or something. Well, there are a, l- a lot of television sets oh, up yeah. here, Connor. Dude, I could straight up, like, I had to move a CRT I to can give see Max a seat. F- I can see four from where I'm sitting. Yeah, there's uh, one, two, three, four. There's four CRTs, there are f- a flat oh, screen. Really? Yeah. I only see three CRTs in the flat screen. I can't even see the fourth CRT. There's TV. one behind you that I had to move. Oh. <laughs> uh, I have a problem. If anyone's out there, we're going to do an intervention episode. Uh-huh. Or if, we... if anybody out there needs a TV. Yeah, I'll give you a CRT. <laughs> they all work great. I mean, this one's kind of rough, uh, but 
<laughs> well, that is that's the one you use, right? Yeah, it's so this is the one I use, and you know what? Hey, we know we ended the podcast, but here's a quick little bonus. You can turn this off, but I'm going to leave this yeah, in. If you want to turn off the podcast at, at this point, that's fine. But consider this like a like a really short bonus episode. Yeah, this is a bonus episode of TV Talk. Sure. So welcome to TV Talk. Uh, this CRT I got mm. because where we one, talk, we don't talk about TV shows. We talk about television sets. Yeah. Okay. We'll never, n- never will you hear us talk about television shows on TV Talk. Absolutely not. No, that's a promise. Mm-hmm. That's a guarantee. We'll sign it in blood. Yeah. Just send us did. the fucking ow. contract. <laughs> like I said, ow, after I signed it in blood. Because uh, you remembered how much it hurt. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it. I was just thinking about CRTs. Dude, they shoot light at you from a gun. It's Do you wild. know that? Yeah. Uh, so I... I there's this you talking one about House of the Dead? Kinda, yeah. Well, no, Is that what a, you mean? What? No, that's why it's that's why it's called a light gun. Oh. But there's the mechanism of a CRT is like, it's called a gun, and it shoots like, I think it shoots photon rays is that, at the screen. Is that why they explode when you fucking break them? Yeah. Oh. They're like, it's, it, they're dangerous. <laughs> CRTs are fucking dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- there's one on the ground behind the TV I'm currently using because like the picture on that started to fade. Okay. Um, but it's unfortunate because this one, it's like an HD TV, quote unquote. And there's something, right, right. There's something weird because I thought it was a cathode ray tube TV. But there's something weird about it where the way light guns work is you pull the trigger and then there's like, it's maybe a frame or two, but the picture goes away and the image is replaced with a black screen and then a white square around the targets. So what your gun is doing is it's like determining whether or not it's receiving that white light Mm, into the gun. Okay. So it's like checking it. And if it is, that's a hit. I gotcha. Um, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's why and you I'm can't. Being genuine. That's why you can't play old school light gun games on HDTVs mm, because it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not shooting that light out at you. Sure. And this one, unfortunately, doesn't work with a light gun. Oh, Something about the shit. way it processes the image. So that's why that one's still on the t- of the ground. Uh, that one over there, I got to replace both of them, hoping that one will work with the light gun. <laughs> but there's no audio video button on the front. Oh. And I don't have the remote for it. Okay. So that's why I got this universal remote. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a... I have a. There's actually one in the trunk of my car right now. Another television? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Th- yeah. So this is what I'm saying. I have a serious problem. Mm. Uh, and one day they're all going to blow up. And that's why there's a fire extinguisher right there. That's... At least you have that. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll pick up more on this. You learned a little something if you tune in this bonus episode of TV Talk. Uh-huh. Uh, and we'll, we'll catch y'all on the next one. Yeah. Bye. Bye.